This is the sound of the Gig List Podcast. This is the Gig List Podcast, showcasing the most important rising, breakthrough, and established musical artists. This week, we have Twin Peaks, a fantastic band from Chicago. Listeners, we chat about the gigging scene worldwide and going from underground bands to success stories. The Gig List Podcast with Rob Smith. Twin Peaks, welcome to the Gig List Podcast. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. So let's start off with the name Twin Peaks. Where did it come from? Oh, uh, we just were young teenagers and named it after the show. So it actually came from the show. I was going to ask you if it did come from David Lynch's horror drama or if it was just kind of sheer coincidence that it actually matched up. No, no. It's, um, I, my older brother was watching the show and we were all 15 and called Friend at the time and uh, we wanted a new name and we didn't know it was a super popular show and we were kind of like, oh, Twin Peaks, cool name, we'll just take that. <laughs> and I uh, didn't realize till later that it was a kind of cult classic. Well, it seems that you guys are going down as cult classics as well, so it must be the name that is uh, definitely doing yourselves favors then. <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, you know, definitely helps people are Googling, you know, the show, maybe they find a band and they love it or hate it for extra exposure. Well, I mean, you released your new single in January, but I kind of want you to take us back to where it all first started out. How did the band get together? Well, uh, me and our bassist and other songwriter, Jack, uh, we've been going to school together since we were like six or seven, and we started playing covers together when we were like 12 or something. And then uh, we've been always playing together, and then um, we wanted to start a band uh, when we were a freshman in high school, so like 14. And his childhood friend was our drummer, Connor, and he suggested we meet up with him, and that's when I met Connor, and we started jamming together, and kind of just fell into place from there. Started working on songs. Eventually, uh, Clay, our other guitarist and other songwriter, he was playing in a different band at the time that we would play shows with, and we kind of like sniped him from the band. We were like, he's just playing with us. Your songs are sick. You're a good player. Um, so he joined our band, and then after we did our first two records, uh, now our keyboardist, other guitarist, and fourth songwriter, Colin, he uh, helped produce and engineer our second record and played a, played a lot of keyboards on it. And then about a year after it came out, we asked him to just join the band full time. And thus is Twin Peaks where it's at now and has been for quite a few years. Awesome, man. It seems like you were almost natural to pick it up and kind of pick up music. Was it just a case of you always knew that you wanted to be a musician or was there kind of pressure in the background like for you to do something uh, more normal job, so to speak? Um, no, I think we, you know, it was always just for fun, like uh, just a bunch of guys who all happened to have the hobby and passion of writing music and playing. And it was all just a lot of fun throughout you know, high school days. Uh, then when we were like 18, um, my older brother had played in a band, Smith Westerns, who had some success. And so we knew it was like attainable for people from our background, you know. And uh, we went to college for just a couple of weeks and we had self-released our first record, just kind of to have something to sell on a little like basement show tour we were doing. Uh, not really planning to do anything with it, but a label heard it and wanted to put it out. And, bring us to South by Southwest. So that was kind of the straw that we pulled. It was like, well, fuck it. We have an opportunity to maybe do this thing. So let's give it a shot. And 
never looked back. It's just been, uh, you know, growing from there. Well, I was going to say, like, Chicago, where you guys are from, like, you've got the likes of Kanye West, Smashing Pumpkins, Earth, Wind & Fire, like, all, like, coming from Chicago. So was there kind of that heavy influence on your creativity and the, that kind of inspiration for you? Um, well... I didn't think that those two examples were really influences from like smaller ones, like uh, my brother's band. He played in Smith Westerns or uh, like Mysteries, another band in Chicago that were kind of like local local bands that came out playing in basements and went to Chicago public schools and you know people that we knew who were having success playing their music and uh, you know self releasing stuff and booking their own shows and going for it. Seeing that happen. Um, was like the key to it. It's like you know we could probably do this if we put our minds to it. In terms of writing the actual material as well, especially like the first couple of records, you say that it just almost like pen to paper flew off, and you were self-producing it, you know, self-recording it, putting it all out there quite quickly as well. Did it kind of feel natural that way? And for yourself to write the songs, was there like a lot of inspiration? at that time to to write this particular genre of songs as well? I, I think uh, the whole thing's been pretty natural. Like, we've always kind of been winging it and uh, playing stuff together, you know, trying to stay active. It's just it's always felt like, you know, taking what's available to you. Like, okay, I learned how to demo on my computer and record songs by myself at home. Now let's just do that with the band. And, okay, now we have X amount of money we can work with. You know, we can't go work with a big producer or anything, but we can go to the studio and know a couple of local guys who can help us engineer and, you know, get a little better at it and keep producing ourselves. So it's just always kind of been like taking what's available to you and working with it and all the way up to, you know, we just did the most recent record uh, with Ethan Johns in Wales. And it was our first time like working with a producer full on and going to like a real professional studio. And it was a really good experience in a lot of ways. It was like, you know, everything had kind of led us to there just taking what we had available to us but also i think after so long of doing everything kind of on our own and ourselves it was also a little bit weird and i think a little jarring for us we'll probably return to doing a lot of stuff ourselves because that's what we know yeah i mean it's kind of your comfort zone and so would you say there's kind of been a crowd favorite for your songs like have you have you got like a standout single that everyone goes oh yeah i want twin peaks to play that at their gigs definitely in uh in the UK and Europe, definitely Dance Through It has done pretty well and fans seem to respond to that one a lot. Uh, Unfamiliar Sun is another one that's definitely a big fan favorite. And with the motor in my head that won't stop running a hand in my pocket. How does kind of the difference between uh, the UK and Europe scene compared to the American scene. How does that affect your music? Like, do you find that it's received like equally, or do you feel that there's kind of a, a clear difference between the crowds in America and the crowds in the UK and Europe? And... There's definitely a difference. It's kind of intangible, like trying to put put into words. But like, uh, oh, I definitely feel like the crowds in the states are definitely like a, a lot more energetic for us. I think partially because we've been playing there for you know five years longer than when we started coming across the sea to play so part of it i think is just like we're still new to a lot of people and still playing smaller shows and getting new fans but yeah i think i think people in europe uh probably respond to some of the slower stuff more than kids in the states and uh the uk do 
you can't say it's a relatively similar. You know, there's a lot of young young gals and dudes in their teen years who really want to fucking rock out at the Twin Peaks show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they want to get a monster gun or something. You know, and our music is like dipped away from that a little bit, but it's still definitely high energy as part of our approach to our performances. Yeah, and obviously the energy that the crowd gives to yourself is definitely like shown on stage. Would you say that you've had like a standout show or like one of your best shows? What would you say? I mean, that would... Our shows in Chicago are always kind of landmark. Most recently we played at a Riviera Theater in Chicago, which is like, you know, 2,500 people sold out. We had played there once before opening for the Arctic Monkeys like seven, six years ago or something. And to come back and headline a show there, and it's uh, pretty special in Chicago since we've been doing it there forever. It's always something interesting. Um, also, uh, we, we played the Scala in London maybe two and a half years ago. It was a sold-out show, and that definitely felt pretty special to be across the seas and having you know, 700 people at a show or something. It's always you know pretty mind-blowing just being some some guys who have been doing it and start out in their basement and record everything themselves into. Uh, across the seas and have people come to the show at all it's pretty weird the gig list podcast don't forget to subscribe and never miss an episode yeah do you feel that your songs have had an effect on that you know that massive rise in kind of success as you say like from going from a small band in america to like you know doing world tours in in effect do you feel that, that the music replicates satisfying those audiences yeah i mean I think a lot of it, and it's, you know, we've had a mature comment on every record we've ever put out from the first one to the next one to the next one. And I think, I mean, it's funny in a lot of ways being in the band and hearing that because it's like, I mean, yeah, we were 18 and then 20 and then 22 and then 25, you know. So it's like, you know, documenting time in anyone's life where things change pretty rapidly, you know, going from high school into being an adult and then paying rent and then having real relationships leaving at home, you know, all things that pretty much everyone goes through and are pretty universal maturing things. So it correlates with just, you know, we've been getting older each record, so you hear the change. We have four songwriters, so everyone changes different, and you hear that in a record. Being a Twin Peaks fan, I think it's like you kind of, you take what you get. You know, what's going to happen with the four guys sending you songs? <laughs> changes every time i can imagine that's quite uh chaotic and you guys do you ever really kind of settle on a certain sound because obviously with four people uh discussing it it's not as straightforward as just you know two people when you go into Definitely the studio not. It's not a single sound ever i mean it's yeah it shoots all over the place and uh i think we find ways to make it work and once we're hearing everyone else's songs we can kind of find the common threads between them but we've never really set out with a you know, common goal in mind of here's what we want to record to sound like. Just uh, winging it, always winging it. <laughs> Do you think that's been the theme of Twin Peaks throughout, like, your your career? <laughs> Definitely. I mean, we're just learning as we go. It's like, uh, you know, some people, I don't know, it would be definitely way different if, if any of us were to start a new project in a couple of years or something. It's like being an adult who has been through the ringer and who is, been in a band and learned a lot of things things would be a lot different we really just learned as we went and continue to learn as we go and you know there's no robot for this shit for being in a band and for dealing with the teams and management business manager booking agent lawyer labels promoters you know fucking checking your gear to go on a flight like there's just no robot for all of it so it's always a learning process and we're always just fucking in it man and 
How do you find that touring the world? I mean, like it must be must be pretty stressful. Like uh, at the moment, you're going through the tour of the UK and and Europe as well. Like as you say, checking your stuff into flights and that. It's just funny. I mean, it's like you know, it's really a privilege to do what we do. As hard as it is in a lot of ways, you know, there's the funny trip of like you're so lucky to play music. Life must be so easy. You must make a lot of money. Like it's just a joke nowadays because like independent musicians, it's a not a high paying gig or anything and there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of bullshit you deal with and it's not all pretty but at the same time it's like we get to play our music and travel the world and write music for a living and it's just such a privilege you know every little kid's dream as soon as they pick up that guitar or the drums but, but like when you get there what you can never forget is how good it feels to write something for yourself and to not even think about other people hearing it like that's a that's something that changes and you, 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 that's maybe where you lose a little bit of the youth or something. Because, you know, you, you get to a point where music like this, and it's, you got to remember that, like, oh, this doesn't have to be for anyone. Like, the song, I could just be writing something for myself to hear. And you try to write everything for just, like, the goal is, I want to write a record or write a song that I would want to buy in a store. You know, I would want to pick up the LP and hear it and say, that's fucking rad. But you also get to the point where you've done it for 10 years, and it's like, well, how's this going to feel on stage? How are people going to react? And suddenly that's something you consider while you're writing something, which is the total death of art, you know? Yeah. Is that what uh, kind of went into Look Out Low? Was there conscious effort of this needs to sound good on stage? Definitely part of it was like, that's uh, something we became cognizant of. Like, let's really work on everything as a band so we know how to play it together so that we come out of the gate really strong and tight with the songs and the arrangements. Work well on stage because we've always just written in the studio and, you know, fuck it, we'll throw like 50 layers on a song and way more instruments than we can play live. Then you try to figure it out later and sometimes it totally works and you make it different and sometimes, like, ah, oh, this song isn't really meant to be played live. So we tried to work on a record that was more like easy for us to deliver on stage talking of uh stages you guys have played festivals kind of around the world but you keep going back to i would say that it's like your home festival pitchfork in chicago does that kind of have a special place in your twin peaks heart oh yeah i mean i mean like chicago's the greatest place in the world for us nothing feels like playing at home or you know there's people in the crowd who've been there since we were kids you know to know the history and know the story and they're you know you're playing for people who that you know are rooting for you and that's really uh humbling and the, you know that's not that you don't see that other places but it's especially important in chicago i suppose you get that emotional kind of adrenaline as well of the fact that it is your home and that is your home turf and this is going to be again you, just, one you of know the best you know gigs. there's people out there who are as proud of you as you are of yourself like who are as invested in us as we are been there since day one and it's pretty crazy it's humbling Well, there's a um, Twin Peaks message for uh, everyone is that, you know, you've got to believe in yourself and, you know, be yeah, be as I mean, humble as you real. can, I suppose, and wing it. Do good in the world because the world needs all the good you can do. Be kind to other people. Be passionate. Follow your gut. 
it's a privilege. You got to come from somewhere. You know, we we've been lucky that you know we were all in middle class families, even if it was on the lower side, and there was families who supported us and let us live at home when we dropped out of school to do this. You know, a million things that you know. There's a lot of factors that if we didn't have it, we didn't have support from our parents and our families. Maybe we wouldn't have been able to get our feet off the ground. But you know, really do believe you put your heart into something, you find a you find a way. Wow. That's uh, that's hard hitting words there uh, from from Twin Peaks. And so, what can we expect next? Like, what what's going to be the future of Twin Peaks? What's what's happening now? Well, the only way we make any money to pay our rent for the apartments is to play shows. So you will find us on the road forever and always. <laughs> You'd expect more new music because we got a lot of guys writing songs, and we got a studio where we try to record them. And you know, we're just gonna keep at it, man. Is what we do. We're in the we're in the purgatory of tour and in music, and it's a great purgatory to be in. Wonderful, man. So uh, coming to the end of the podcast, um, I've got a couple of cool, fun questions towards the end for yourself. So if I gave you, I suppose it would be ten dollars rather than ten pounds. Usually we have like uh, British artists. So I say, what would be the album that you would buy me for a tenner? But I'll I'll give you ten dollars and you can uh, find me an album. What would it be? Uh, well, ten pounds is more. So the ten dollars I'm working with is a little less. So <laughs> keep that in mind um, until Brexit really hits you guys. <laughs> um, well, uh, I mean, you know, I'd go looking to use Rolling Stones band if there's a copy of Let It Bleed. Little scratched up, I'll get you. Yep, uh, a, a classic, a absolute classic there, and you've definitely got that Stones influence. Yeah, we're like uh, you know sloppier, you know kids who grew up on punk and then realised that they like the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I think that's kind of what happens. Do you guys have a sauce that you like the most? Have you got like a favourite, um, you know, condiment to accompany uh, your food? This tough. Uh... I mean, I think ranch is a big hitter for everyone. Ranch is cool. You like wings, you're going to have some ranch. Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm, I like soy sauce. I use a lot of soy sauce at home. I eat a lot of Asian food. And, you know, this is not a band favorite, but while I'm out in your neck of the woods, I like the brown sauce. Ooh. Down with the brown sauce. I didn't think that we were um, going to be able to break you. Um, and, you know, since you can't find any. Uh, most of you guys don't like it, but I, I'm into it. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, if you could headline with any artist, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I mean, uh, fuck, I don't know, man. That's, there's never a correct answer to that because, you know, you could change any time you're asked just so you can go first. But, but, yeah, I would love to play a show with the Stones. Yeah, even at this Stevie age, Wonder. they can still no, play. Stevie Wonder. I want to play with Stevie Wonder. That's what I want to play with. Stevie Wonder's fucking sick. Any reason? <laughs> he's just such a fucking killer songwriter and musician. And he looks so happy on stage. and He's probably got a killer fucking band with a bunch of backup singers and shit. Also, Neil Young would be pretty legend. Ooh, a nice one. I never thought of that. That's a good one. Sorry, I'm indecisive. I couldn't pick. <laughs> oh, dear. You've just released uh, your track Coffee, um, or Coffee, as it's written. Coffee. If you could describe your band as... Uh, breakfast <laughs> uh, what would it be uh, a full Chicago ooh 
just a full English in Chicago. Ah, I was going to say, for all the uh, English people out there that have no idea what a full Chicago is, you've got to describe it now. Oh dear, thank you so much for speaking on behalf of Twin Peaks. It's been absolutely amazing uh, chatting to you. Uh, cheers Thanks for coming on. It was a pleasure, my friend. No worries, man. Thank you. Uh, and uh, again, it was wonderful chatting to you and getting an insight into uh, Twin Peaks. Brought to you by Gigless. Don't forget to subscribe and never miss an episode.